Listen, you guys are in for such a treat. This episode will be part one of a probably three or four part series in which I speak to a young lady about growing up and living with her mother who was in a cult. Sometimes when we think of someone being unmothered and we consider ourselves or someone else unmothered, we think about them a not having a mom in their lives at all, just a completely absent mother, physically absent, or we think of B, just a mother who may have been physically present, but did not take care of their children, their daughter, did not provide any emotional support. Uh, someone who neglected her children, we think of that in those ways, we think of unmothered in those ways. For the most part. And if we do not fit into that box, we just assume that, well, you know, I have these issues with my mom, but she was there. She didn't neglect me. She did try to raise me. So I'm I'm pretty sure I was mothered. And that is up to you to determine. However, being unmothered comes in different forms. And this episode shows that her mom was in a cult for from the time she was about nine or so until the time that her mom passed. And you will hear it. I uh, will drop an episode every week. I suggest you listen in. I'm telling you every single part of this interview plays a key role in the entire story. This was a four hour interview and I Conducted it sitting in the middle of my bed. We had neither one of us knew it would take that long, but it was really, really, really good. And I, mm, probably in March, I recorded. I just didn't have the time to devote to this episode. I didn't have the time to market it like I know it deserves. I didn't have the time to make sure that I was um, updating social media and and the time that it takes to edit. And just a number of other things, but I do now. And so I'm ready to drop. This is going to be part one. And um, let's just get right into it. I'll talk to you guys after the episode. Hey guys, and thanks for stopping by the Unmother and Unbothered podcast. Unpopular opinions on mother-daughter relationships for the woman looking to go from unmothered to unbothered. I am Precious Detina, childhood trauma survivor and generational curse breaker that decided to release the anger and resentment I had towards my mother through forgiveness so that I could heal old wounds and live a thriving life. I am here to stand in the gap and affirm the feelings of women that feel alone and are made to feel guilty when discussing toxic mother-daughter relationships. As your host, I share stories and actionable steps to help you go from trauma to triumph. This is the Unmother and Unbothered Podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of Unmothered and Unbothered. It is your host. I am Precious Dutina and... If you are listening to the sound of my voice, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, for supporting, for coming back. If you have been around, if this is your first episode, then you're in for a treat because it's not just me running my mouth. I have a visitor with me today, someone who 
was so gracious enough to accept my invitation to be a guest. Um, I ran across her in a Facebook group in which I made a little post trying not to step on any toes and um, make sure it was okay. And just that if anyone is um, interested in being on my podcast as a guest, let me know. And uh, Amanda reached out to me. So let me introduce Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, thanks for having me, Precious. Oh, What's thank up, you so everybody? much. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Um, it's such a tough topic. It sometimes can be hard to get people to kind of be on because they're not really at the point, you know, on where they want to share. And that's fine. I understand. So anyone who agrees to come on, I'm just grateful. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. It's been been doing a lot of work for a lot of years so it's nice to finally get to this point where you can talk about what you went through and hopefully help somebody else in the process absolutely absolutely so when i sent out the information form um, i'm reading through i'm reading through i get to yours and i'm reading and then i'm like oh yes now this one's going to be interesting here. And we've been trying to connect for a while and, you know, life got in the way. So I'm excited. I'm not even going to even a little bit spoil it. I'm going to let you start by telling the people what just knocked me off like my feet when I read your form. Let you go for it and tell your story. All right. So, um... I don't know, should I just come out and say it and then like go back with the backstory? Sure, sure. Um, so when I was about nine years old, um, my mom joined a cult and it took a while to realize what it was because it was presented in such a like normal fashion. Um, being black and being, I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, so there's plenty of churches, especially, you know, there's probably like four mega churches on every block, especially in the black community. Um, so, and my mom always had us grow up in that, but this was completely different. And it was really interesting because um, I realized that even, even within being in faith and having your faith strong, you still got to look out for people that may be trying to like con or bewitch you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, to give a little backstory, like everything was, <laughs> sorry, my son just lost in the room. Um, so in the beginning, everything was, um, I guess you could say perfect. Like we had a, a big old house. Um, I went to private school. Um, my, you know, we were in church all the time. My mom had an amazing, like six figure job used to take me traveling with her. Um, I even like won awards with how much work I was doing within her job. And, um, but she was teaching, she would recruit um, young engineers straight out of college. 
and um, focused on minorities and like getting them jobs. So there were and are people all over the country that my mom like literally changed their entire lives with their career. So there were always people at our house, even from when I was born, um, she would take people in, always have um, like college kids around us and like always eager to help. And um, so that was the case all the way up until about like fourth grade. Um, and in fourth grade, I realized that like, because I would travel with her all the time, my school was okay with it. It was during the school year, but um, because I would travel with her all the time, I was like losing out on friends and, you know, girls in, uh, in elementary school being catty, kind of like clicking up. And I realized that I was on the outside of those clicks. So I was like, mom, I just want to stay mm -hmm. at school. And, um, and I think in some ways she took that kind of personally of just like, I'm doing all this for you and you don't even understand what I'm doing. And you want to stay at school with your little friends, mm. um, which I get that, but you know, still that was the decision that I made. Um, let me, let me clarify. So are you saying that your mom through her job, which she rec would recruit students right up out of college, uh, minority students, did you say? Uh-huh. And basically help them provide them with employment exactly okay and so you used to travel with her for her for her job and so you were able to experience a lot of these things firsthand exactly okay okay making sure I got it straight okay yeah um so we would do like all kinds of conferences all over the country um and by the time I got to that age like I could set up the booth by myself I could weed through resumes by myself at like eight years old and be like, oh, you're looking for this kind of a person with this kind of degree, look at their credentials and everything and be able to sit in meetings with like CEOs, which at that time, it was so part of my reality that it wasn't until like now <laughs> that I realized how big of a deal that was to grow up into that environment. Um, right. So that when I was like, mom, I'm cool. I want to stay at school with my friends. Cause like, I don't have any friends when I get back to school. I mean, I kind of do, but nobody, nobody really wants to like come for sleepovers or like go to my birthday parties or anything like that. And I didn't understand why. And so I had like, like all these developmental skills with adults, but none with kids with my own age. So I wanted to start developing that. And I think um, in retrospect, she started taking that personally. And like, there was this split that happened where like now, because I didn't want to travel, she's traveling by herself, which means I get to stay with my dad. Um, and me and my dad became so much closer, like playing all the time and going and rollerblading all types of different stuff watching movies together and so when my mom came back into town she just felt like 
it, she was clearly jealous <laughs> like let's not mm -hmm. left um, out maybe yeah like she was just left out and um and she was really angry about it but she would never say anything she would just hold it in but she would still be like super pissed off um and i felt like she started taking it out on me and like then she started i realized she started trying to replicate the relationship that i had with my dad which like um you know me and my dad would like roughhouse a lot and she tried to do the same thing but it felt super uncomfortable like it was just weird and after that i i just didn't want to be around her um because she it was like she changed like she wasn't the same mom mm -hmm. that i had known before this um so let's see um okay so then from there separately one of her um one of her mentees who was doing really well now uh he came to her one day and which wasn't unusual he they would have lunch all the time and um he was like hey well uh i need you to do me a favor my mom really needs a job she used to be an engineer do you mind having lunch with her and you know my mom being helpful was like yeah no problem sure um let's do this and so they sent up a lunch date with the um with the kid's mom well he wasn't a kid he was like 30 at the time but um but yeah set up a lunch date with his mom and from there everything changed i, I guess i don't know what happened at this particular meeting um but i guess they started like talking about god and my mom whatever questions this woman had asked my mom it was like she was digging but my mom was a little bit too naive to mm -hmm. really pick that out and that the evidence of what happened after kind of shows that like in that meeting she must have done some type of digging of like how's your relationship with your daughter oh how's your relationship with your husband Oh, girl, tell me about it. Right, and, right. Like, so she can use it yeah. against her to manipulate so she can, That part. So she can use it against her to manipulate her. Next thing I knew, um, they were doing like once a week. It started with like once a week little prayer sessions, um, like Bible study kind of thing, which again, wasn't uncommon for my mom. Like she would lead Bible study since i was born so that made sense um but then like there's this two-week period that happened where she just locked herself in their room and didn't come out for two weeks straight so no work no interacting no no, no bible study no nothing well she was but the thing is she was on the phone with this woman the whole two weeks Okay. like never hung up and so she was in this room and she would like she was crying the entire time because you could hear her. and then she would come out to like run to the bathroom to throw up go back in the room shut the door and then like repeat literally for two weeks straight 
And I was like, what is wrong with her? She's sick. Cause she was also never sick. Like I never saw her go to the doctor ever. Um, and so I even like tried to make her some food. I left it out on a tray by the door, knocked on the door, didn't answer, called out to her. Hey, I left, I left you some food, nothing. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) Let me, let me. Okay. So let me ask this question. Forget it. How long between, I I mean, it's so good. Like I was like, should I stop her now? Now, but um, (laughs) how long between the time that you kind of said, mom, I want to go back to school. You know, I'm missing out on the social aspect. I want to be a kid. And from that point to the point of, of her meeting the, the lady, for lunch like how long would you say it was a couple weeks so was it a month couple months let's see it was it was during the same school year because I had talked to her like that summer before we started school of fourth grade and then and then this happened like sometime yeah, it did. It happened sometime nine during- months or so, I guess, you know, like school, school. Yeah. Okay. But it was, it had to be, it's weird because it had to be before September um, because September 11th happened. Oh, okay. okay. And, um, and I had had this dream and um, my mom had been talking to her and um you know what? It was right after September 11th. So I had to say this, maybe I had that talk with her somewhere around July and they had that meeting somewhere around like July, August, Mm -hmm. September 11th happened. Maybe they took me out of school for a week. Well, our school was just closed for a week because being in LA at that time, they had expected that there would be terror attacks in Los Angeles too. So like mm-hmm. all of the schools were closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had this dream um, related to September 11th, where like, like I saw the, the towers being rebuilt. I saw like Obama becoming president, but I didn't know it was Obama. I just saw like this black man. Wow. which was, and, um, I didn't, well, I'll get to that later, but it was like this super intense, pretty much prophetic dream that I had. Um, and I went to tell my mom and she just like froze hmm. her eyes got big. She froze. And then she called this woman and she was like, go ahead and tell her your dream. So I told her my dream. And then immediately after that's when the two weeks started. Wow. Okay. So it's some spiritual things going on for sure. Some. So to kind of, before I go like deeper into what happened, because my, I realized that my mom wasn't the only person that this lady had kind of like sunk her teeth into. Mm -hmm. Um, there were at this time, maybe about five other women all over the country that all had really good jobs, um, and were like close to their pensions. 
And um, oh. and the the other caveat is like they a majority of them either them themselves had gifts similar to to what I experienced with my dream or their children did. Okay. Now was the mentee in on, do you think that was a setup too? Like the, the guy, your mom mentored that introduced your mom to the lady, was he in on it or you think he was oblivious? I think he chose to be oblivious. Like he knew his mom was crazy, but at the same time, he's 30 years old. He was single and his mama and his teenage sister were living in his house. So like, who, what man is, mm -hmm. get my mama out my house, whatever you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, he could very well have been, but from my experience, I think he was being manipulated just as much as my mom was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and was kind of got to a point with his own healing of like, look, man, I don't want any parts of this. Do whatever you have to do. Um, and then eventually, eventually his wife had gotten into it as well. Whoa. So, um, so were you an only child? Uh, I like to say technically. <laughs> Um, my brothers are all a minimum of 18 years older than me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have older parents. Um, but yeah, my youngest, my brother closest to me in age is 18 years older than me. And then my other brother is 21 years older than me. So you're the only one in home, in the house, you know, school age kid. Yeah, time. exactly. If anyone came over, was hanging out, spend the night for a week or whatever, uh, it was my nieces and nephews. Get out of here. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were all the same age, but not me and yeah. my brother. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you ex went ahead and explained your dream to your mom, then the lady, and then immediately the two weeks happened and um, you said she would come out just to, to kind of vomit, go in the bathroom when she was sick and go back in the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I remember leaving her food and stuff. She wouldn't, she wouldn't even come out for that. Um, and so after that, actually after, cause cooking was kind of something that like I took pride in, especially at like nine, 10 years old. Um, cause it was something that my mom and I shared together um so like her leaving my dinner at the door for three days <laughs> that wow. hurt yeah. and so uh I just I was like you know what forget it I'm out <laughs> and I kind of just checked out like I didn't want to be around her I didn't want to talk to her I'm a cancer so we hold grudges straight up <laughs> like yes y'all do honey <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm just not talking to you. And, and that was for a while. And I just like, um, but then my mom's a Pisces. So she was like, Oh, you want to play that game? I, right. <laughs> and so it was just oh. this back and forth of like cattiness between my mom. And I wasn't even like 11 years old. Right. 
you're still like really, really young, but it seems like because you had done so much, you had been involved in helping with so much, maybe she kind of just viewed you as being beyond your years. Yeah, I think it was part of that. I mean, I, everybody would tell me that I was mature for my age, um, which I mean, I totally agree, but that doesn't mean that you're not still a child. Right, right. Yeah. Right. I totally agree with that. So the cattiness and the kind of the petty type behavior continued even when she emerged from the two weeks. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and she kind of, it, it was interesting because I was able to, to get closer with my dad. Um, but like my mom, the closer I got with my dad, the more my mom got angry. Um, and you could see it start to like affect their marriage. Um, mm-hmm. And so this woman tried to like, now she, okay. So now it's been about a year that they've known each other. Wait, so, um, so was she completely different when she emerged after the two weeks? I mean, or was she, did you notice something, anything noticeably different or not really? She was just mean. Meaner than before. Yeah. Cause before she wasn't mean at all. Gotcha. Like I would get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I would get in trouble and stuff like that. You know, talking back, rolling my eyes, whatever. But like, it was a complete switch before, you know, we would go have lunch and, go get our nails done and just like do girl stuff um and just like hang out she would be interested in in me as a person I think that was the big biggest difference she no longer had interest in me as a person mm-hmm. anything that um that I wanted to talk about or had interest in it was always something negative about it or there was like a twist put on it and so at that point I was like okay well what's the point of talking to you then right what's the right. point right so just pushed a further a wedge between you and her and then eventually between her and your dad it, yeah exactly especially since my dad was the complete opposite like my dad um he he would spend more time and kind of like get to know the stuff that I was into. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just like, I, it was, how would I say it? Like he, it was weird. He was like more nurturing. Um, so I started getting into well because of what was going to my mom with going on with my mom I had this total emo phase um so as long as it wasn't like black lipstick and uh black nail polish my dad was kind of cool with it um so I started getting into like playing guitar and um listening to rock music and stuff like that which my mom did not like whatsoever um, where my dad, on the other hand, like would take me to Sam Ash every weekend and like got me a guitar for my birthday, that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I started to realize like where 
my allegiance should lie. If that makes sense. It does. It does. All right. You, you are, I kind of mentioned this with something else, but like, it's like you love on who loves on you. You know, you, he looks out for you. He's interested in you. Um, he makes you feel comfortable and he just really, really takes time with you. So yeah, your loyalty, you feel like it should lie with him because she did the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So here's the kicker. Um, so now we're in about like sixth grade. Um, my grandma got really sick. She, I mean, honey smoked for like 40 years. So she had some lung issues and we would always have to like go over there because she would call 911 um, all the time when all she had to do was take some Robitussin. But uh, she oh, ended up... Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you smoke for that long, like your lungs get shot. And um, sometimes she would get into a coughing fit and spit up blood. And so she would get like, just hysterical and call 911 <laughs> and we're just like the doctor said wow. take your way test and you'll be okay mm -hmm. um but it did end up getting to a point where she was like really sick um but she was around she was like 83 years old so you know we we had known that um there wasn't too much longer grandma could hold on but uh right but right. yeah so she she came to live with us and um see was that sixth grade no we're in the seventh grade like end of sixth beginning into seventh um and again because 9-11 had happened three years before um and because private school is ridiculously expensive um so my parents had decided to homeschool me so, uh, but it was mostly my dad doing the homeschooling. He was like, this is great. She can focus on whatever she wants to focus on. He was getting me like extra classes and stuff. I think I finished my entire seventh grade curriculum in like six months. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm such an advocate for homeschooling. Like you won't even <laughs> understand. Um, but uh during this time, we were also taking care of my, my grandma who had come to live with us. So um, I would like kind of help out and kind of go in to, to check on her and things like that. Um, but this is when like this woman really like sunk her teeth in. And mind you, there were also about, about seven other women that they would connect with um, over like, how do I explain it? Like conference, like business conference phone calls, you know, like the free phone call numbers? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's how they would connect or they would just do like a long chain of three-way calls. Um, but they were always on the phone with each other. And um, so it got to the point where my grandma had passed and my dad and I weren't there because um, we were on a field trip and um, I, I wanted to say goodbye to my grandma. But by the time I got there, um, this woman had come over 
and and like kind of took care of everything um to where like my grandma's body just wasn't there um and, and it was mom, like an overnight like a weekend field trip I mean or was this no this was like we went to the county fair for the day came back grandma was gone oh and this so this was your mom's mom my mom's mom yeah why would she let her do that if she knows that you're not there okay because she she just didn't like she told me she called me and told me um that she was doing it that yeah well no well kind of she just told me that like my grandma had died and so like I was I was really distraught um but she didn't tell me that like she wouldn't be there when I got home right okay um but I mean as a parent I kind of understand why she did what she did um but like immediately they called the funeral home had cleaned up had the body taken away all of that and um I guess as a friend like this woman was there for my mom but I think like she also did that to use that against her as some sort of like oh look at what I just did for you right Mm -hmm. um so let's see oh I forgot (laughs) I forgot the craziest part okay so well not the craziest part but um there's somewhere around somewhere around this time like my my mom started like how do I explain this so I mentioned they were in uh they that this woman targeted people who had these type of like spiritual gifts or spiritual abilities so she would like really prey on that and um and kind of like the their phone calls would be um like they would start off going over the Bible and stuff like that, but they were always talking about things that that might happen or things that were going to happen. And so it really turned into like this doomsday preparation kind of mentality, which I have no problems with, but when it's mixed with all the other stuff mm-hmm. and there's clear manipulation happening, like, it, it was absolutely nuts, but um, the the red flag started popping up um, when my mom bought this woman a whole Escalade. Wait, brand- she bought the she bought the lady she met at the mm-hmm. lunch a car a truck a whole yeah not just a car not just a truck brand new whatever year it was Escalade. So not like, oh, you need to knock around $2,500 car. No. Honey. And she was still living, she was still living with her um, son. With, yeah, with her son. So what, I guess I don't understand, and, and I'm not saying that you know either, but what did the lady get out of, um, and maybe this will be revealed later, but what did she get out of dealing with people who had these, these kind of prophetic type gifts? What was, you know? She would use, I think what was happening is that she would use that, um, cause she became like a pastor to them. 
Um, mm -hmm. And the whole, literally what they called a ministry surrounded confession. And they used the Catholic church to justify the confession that they were doing. And so the thing is at the end of the call, like towards the, the last part of the calls, um, which I think what was happening in that two week period was that um, they would have to like confess their sins. And oh. she would have, she would have like, if it was weird because like, she, she would have them confess whatever they did, but then she was like, no, you're lying. I can tell you're lying. And she would like manipulate them into saying whatever she thought that they were supposed to say. And it would be like, no, I'm not lying. No, I'm not lying. I promise you people just like what? rivers and waterfalls coming from their eyes, like coughing, crying. And um, until she got them to say whatever they wanted to say. Um, Ooh, and mind then control, mind control, complete mind control. And then the other half of it was like they, um, they, she, she definitely capitalized on nine eleven and all the things that were going on in the country since then, um, because I don't think. No, Bush was still president. I think he went into his second term at this time. So there was still like a whole lot of um, terrorist talk going on. And, um, and she was like, you know, I'm preparing you spiritually and physically for this war that's going to happen. Um, and you need to fortify your house. And all of these people, you're going to be like a beacon to all these people and stuff like that, which again, outside of this organization would be all fine and dandy, but she was doing it for her own gain. So that was part one of my mother was in a cult. You just got a, just a little taste, just wet your whistle a little bit about what is about to happen. It is going to be deep. You're going to be like, what? But you have to wait till next week. So tune in and I appreciate y'all. Talk to you guys later. Okay, guys, that was another episode. Um, Listen, if you enjoyed that, please rate and review on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. It would help to make my show more visible. And we know I just want to help more and more and more people. If you want to drop me a line, if you would like to be a guest, if you know someone who would like to be a guest, or if you just have something you want me to know, email me at unmotheredunbothered at gmail.com you can find me on instagram at unmothered unbothered podcast on facebook at the unmothered and unbothered podcast and on twitter at podcast presh p-r-e-s-h i also have a website just some stuff about me a little background info you know what i'm saying at preciousdetina.com d-e-t-i-n-a no spaces, no underscores all together. All right. I hope you check back in with me soon. Bye.